Hi, my name is Sarah, and I'm here with my mom, Wendy Hoffer, recording our first episode of a new podcast. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Wendy. I have the delight of being mom to Sarah and her brother, and by profession, I'm an author and teacher educator. The main reason why I started this podcast was because I think everyone has been, including me, having a really hard time recently just figuring out how to stay motivated and how to keep the faith and keep going, even though it seems challenging and it's hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel. It seems like we're really um, far from anything exciting or anything to look forward to. So I'm hoping to just interview people that I have learned a lot from and hope to gain some wisdom from them to share with anyone who chooses to listen to this podcast. So first of all, I just want to ask my mom, what are some things that you have been doing to stay motivated and um, keep being excited about things? Well, this is a great theme that you've chosen, Sarah, because I think you're right. A lot of us are struggling right now uh, just to figure out how to feel positive in this setting. Um, as for me, one thing that really helps me is just take my days moment by moment and look for the small joys and pleasures in life. Things like walking the dog or seeing the leaves fall or hearing my kids' enthusiasm about a project they're working on. Uh, and then I also try and remember the big picture, like the pandemic can seem like forever and yet um, life is long and there are many more good days ahead. Yeah, I think that's really valuable. And I think that's one thing that I've learned from you just in talking to you about staying present in the moment and yet thinking about things long term. So I'm wondering if you could just share, because I feel like it's so important from what I understand, to not get so caught up in the future. And yet right now we're trying to balance, yes, we want to be present in the moment, and yet we don't want to get too bogged down by things that are happening right now. So I'm wondering if you could just share a little bit on that. Yeah, I think that's a great question because we can't not plan. We have to think ahead. We have to uh, be intentional about our decisions to line up the things we want to create in our lives. And at the same time, if we just live in the future, worry about the future, put all our emotional energy in the future, I think it robs us of enjoying what's right in front of us. So I would say it's not that we don't um, give it its proper attention, but I would say emotionally, we want to try and stay in the here and now to the extent we can. Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. One question I have is I'm wondering how your faith background which I perceive as unique compared to most people I know how that has informed your ability to both those things remain present and yet think about things in the greater scheme Um, so I'm hoping if you could just share what how you consider yourself to be spiritual and then how that has served you in thinking about things right now Mm, that's a big question um But yeah, and it's also a small question, a simple question. I mean, I know there's a huge diversity of faiths in the world and perspectives and views, and I respect every one of them. And for me, I would say my faith is most closely aligned with Hinduism or even 
before that the idea of sanatana dharma which is the eternal path of righteousness that we know weaves through every religion and if you boil that down to its essence is really just uh, three ideas one is that there is a god there is something greater larger um, more powerful than we can know or see right in front of us that exists and so that's the first idea the next is that humans all humans have the capacity to realize god some people call that enlightenment nirvana different experiences um, and then third that that is actually the purpose of our life the purpose of our life is not accumulate wealth or make the most friends or have the most facebook followers or be the most famous on Twitter, but actually the purpose of our life is to come to know God. And the way that we do that in my belief system is through expressing loving kindness to others and being of service. Um, yeah, thank you for sharing. And so with that in mind, thinking about the purpose not as something material but as something invisible that we can't see how have you been has has that frame of mind re reshaped at all since the pandemic since everything has changed more recently or has it been solidified how has your faith or spirituality shifted underneath um these circumstances mm. Yeah, that's also a good question. I do think that this situation has been a test of faith for so many people. Uh, I would say for me personally, what the pandemic has done is just simplify my life so much, make things, uh, my world kind of seem a bit smaller and tighter. And so in that context, it's helpful for me, maybe when I miss something about how things used to be or feel frustrated with the situation it's helpful for me to go back to my belief and remind myself wait a minute what's the big purpose here what's the big idea and one of my favorite teachings comes from the hindu um, epic the ramayana which is a story of god incarnate as ram and when Ram, the main character, meets Hanuman, another important character who's actually the embodiment of service and devotion. Um, and when they meet, Rama says to Hanuman, he is most dear to me who sees himself as a servant and the Lord in the form of all manifest creation as his master which is to say that uh, to, to feel connected with God, we need to see ourselves and our lives as aspiring to be of service to everyone and everything that we encounter. Yeah, thank you for sharing. You talked about thinking of things long-term with the value of serving others. And so... How would you explain our physical lifetime on this planet in the grand scheme of things according to Hinduism? I think this is something that has helped me think about myself. Not Basically, it's helped me know that I'm not as important as sometimes I feel like I am. There's something 
greater. And so, so it's helpful because we can get so caught up in what things are like and what things pertain to us to directly. And I think twofold service and then realizing that there's a greater timeline that goes beyond yourself is helpful. So if you could just explain the whole concept of the four yugas and where we are on that timeline, Mm. um, I think that'd be helpful. Sure. I'm happy to explain. But first, I want to say, even though the world is vast and time is long, you are still very, very important. Everyone is very, very important because each of us is a representation of the divine. And Sai Baba talks about each of us being like water drops in the ocean. So the ocean is within us. And so we're each entirely um, essential as holy children of God. Uh, but back to your main question about the yugas. Uh, yeah, like time in the Hindu system of thinking is much vaster and broader than in any other context. Like typically in Western um, ways of thinking, we think of, you know, a school year, a season, a lifetime being quite long. And then we count our time from the birth of Jesus when in the Christian calendar, um, the time begins. And that's 2,000 years ago. And then in the Jewish calendar, we might count back. uh, I think it's somewhere in the range of 5,000 years when their calendar began. And so it could seem as civilization is just that young. And yet, according to Hinduism, the cycles of time are much longer. And civilization is much more extensive. And so they break time into four eras or epics called yugas. Each yuga is somewhere in the range of 6,000, 10,000 years, depending who you talk to. But the yugas each have different qualities. So the first yuga is called the Sat Yuga. That was the sort of thought of the first yugas of civilization when Dharma or right conduct was walking on four legs. Everything was beautiful. Everyone was loving and kind and um, bliss and peace reigned throughout the world. But then there was a decline of Dharma. And then in the second yuga, called the Dwarpa yuga, it is described as Dharma walking on three legs. So there's still a lot of virtue and goodness in the world, but there's been some weakening there. Then some thousands of years later, uh, Hinduism describes a third yuga called the Treta yuga. When Dharma has gone down from walking on four legs to only two legs. So now things are teetering and tottering, not very virtuous. A lot of um, hurt is entering into the world, a lot of bad behavior, unrighteousness, until we enter what's called the Kali Yuga, which is actually the Yuga we are living through right now. And the Kali Yuga is the most difficult Yuga because uh, the description says Dharma is walking on only one leg. If you think about that, that is not very easy to do. So in the Kali Yuga, there's a lot of suffering, a lot of worry, a lot of fear, a lot of doubt, a lot of conflict. And yet what the sages say is for those who are seeking to know God, this is the very best time to be alive because things are so complex that there's just one thing we can do every day, all the time, is keep our focus on Dharma on doing the right thing, doing the next right thing, 
remembering God, remembering our purpose in our lives. And through that, we and our souls will be redeemed, but also the world will be redeemed and cycle back again into another experience of the Sat Yuga. So I believe this is what we're going through right now. It's like squeezing sand through an hourglass. But soon, Sai Baba tells us, the golden age will emerge and everything will transition back to a beautiful, peaceful, and lovely world for hopefully you and all your friends and all their children and their children's children. So when, like how soon? Because you talked about thousands of years. What? How soon will it go back? Mm. That's not something I know exactly. And yet, um, according to uh, different perspectives, it's soon as in within your lifetime, Sarah, and within the lifetime of your generation that we'll see this transition happen. And I think a lot of the darkness and difficulty and suffering and struggle that we see right now is actually the birth of that new opportunity and that shift towards deeper understanding, greater compassion, loving kindness amongst all people in the world. I think that just gives me so much hope because right now it's helpful to think about so much suffering within the context of it. It's supposed to be the hardest time. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be tough for a reason, for a reason because it will give way to so much growth and new things. So thank you for sharing that. I think that perspective has helped me a lot and just contextualizing my own experience. And I think thinking about my own generation, I think it's such a great opportunity to live in a time when we get to experience the suffering and see all of the harm and everything. But we also hopefully in the future, we'll see all of that change and give way to something else. So I think um, that is really important. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. And what one I want to add, though, also, like, it is not a foregone conclusion. Like, it's, it's critical that we all participate as much as we can and bring the love, bring the faith, bring the kindness into our lives and into the world to speed that transition. Um, and at the same time, this whole world is the body of God. And so there's no way we can sort of fall out of that net of protection and safety as we go through this process. And so what is the purpose of having cycles like this? Like, wouldn't it be great if we could just live constantly when Dharma is walking on all four legs? So why would we, why does it have to diminish and then regrow like this? That's an excellent question and not a question I entirely understand. And yet uh, what I do understand is that this is all part of the spiritual evolution of the souls that are living at the present time and growing towards that unity and that understanding of God. And as you know, um, I think have experienced when life is easy and everything is smooth and we're just sailing along, we're often not uh, inclined to reflect or ask big questions or um, think about adjusting our own attitudes. And yet when things become difficult, well, those are painful times, but those can also be the times when we have the greatest progress 
in recognizing maybe changes we need to make or new understandings we need to gain. And so I believe that uh, the difficulties are rising for our own good, even though it may at the moment seem like, how could this possibly be for my good? Um, I believe that, that it is. And I believe that when we sustain that perspective, it helps us make the most of those challenges. Yeah, I think even that, just knowing that what feels uncomfortable and feels like it's not getting us anywhere right now is actually for a purpose that we may not be able to see. I think that is really helpful. And and one thing I would add, too, is like, do you see evidence of both the Kali Yuga and also the end of the Kali Yuga in your own life? So what are some like what are some ways that you have seen this over the course of your own lifetime? And then even now, like, how is it manifesting in current times? Mm, that's a very good question. Do you, what do you think? Do you see any examples around you of the Kali Yuga? I mean, I feel like I've been thinking about this for a long time of like, oh, honestly, when Trump was elected, I was like, oh, this must be the Kali Yuga. This has to be the end. And then it was, you know, the immigrant children being trapped at the border. I was like, oh, my gosh, this has to be the end of the Kali Yuga. I feel like it keeps going. And then there's coronavirus. I'm like, well, here we are. It just keeps getting worse. And even like the suspense right now of like the election, so much civil unrest, even in the past um, six months over this past summer, I just feel like so much is adding up right now that I feel like in I it just makes me feel, oh, this has to be close to the end. And yet we keep going. So mm. I am trying to figure out if this is the very end or if, it, if we're on the upward swing and it's so hard to know but i would say th that those are all pieces of evidence um yes yeah yeah i would agree and i would say that through all of that we can just keep the faith you know it's is it is the call you gonna gonna end today we don't know but we can act as if it is just about to happen and know that it is just about to happen and that can give us strength and give us hope because we'll never know for sure. And yet that faith can certainly carry us as faith has carried so many people through difficulties. Yeah. I think I have one last question I want to ask. What are there specific people or uh, that you look up to or books or quotes or any tidbits of hope? I know this podcast took a little bit of a depressing turn just talking about some things but I think also you have so much wisdom surrounding those things to keep going so I'm hoping you can just leave us with anything that feels relevant right now hmm. yeah I'll share with you two of my favorite quotes Sarah the first one is from a poet named William Blake and he says gratitude is heaven itself so if we can just remember in our difficulties to be thankful, we can transform our own experience. And then another favorite quote of mine is a saying from the Sufis. It says, trust God and tie your camel. And when I read that quote, it reminds me the tie your camel part is, you know, do what you can do, what you ought to do, what you need to do. Tie your camel to the hitching post so it doesn't run away. 
pay your taxes, do your chores, turn in your homework, do the right thing. But then also, at the same time, have faith. It's not just on us as humans. Um, Sai Baba says the world itself is beyond redemption by human effort. But one can at best save oneself by trying to save the world. So in other words, by all our faith and all our efforts, the very least we're going to elevate our own souls and our own consciousness of God, even though as single human individuals, we may, may not be able to fix all the problems. So there I said two and I ended up giving three quotes. No, that was great. Do you have a favorite I of like those, those three quotes. that I share? I like the trust God entire camel. Yeah. That one sticks with me oftentimes. I think that's helpful. I don't have a yeah, camel, is there anything? but I, I like the well, quote. No, anything can be a camel. We have so many camels. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anything else you wish I asked you? Anything else you'd like to add? No, Sarah. I just think this is such a good idea to do this podcast and just talk about the challenges we face and learn from others what their experiences are. So I hope to be able to hear uh, from all the friends that you interview, and I hope that this is of service to the young people and all those uh, out there who are looking for new strategies to grapple through this tunnel uh, and keep the faith. I do strongly believe that we are headed in the good direction, in the right direction, and that we can continue to support each other every day by just showing our loving kindness. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you. If anyone at all listened to this point, I really appreciate it. Reach out and let me know what you think, what questions and suggestions you have. And hopefully you'll get to hear from us soon. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.